But aren't you glad today that God looked down from heaven all those years ago, just like he looks down today, and he looked for someone to place his favor and choice upon. And you're favored and you're chosen of God. We discovered that, not just Mary, but we are as children of God. We are favored, we are chosen, that God wants to use us in such a special way. And tonight I want to look at Mary's song, or really Mary's rap, if you want to say it. It's been known as the Magnificat. It's her song that she relays. Let me give you a little background. The angels come to Mary. He said, you're favored, you're chosen, God is with you. Don't be afraid, you're going to have a son. And don't worry, God's going to take care of it all. It's not going to be through Joseph, but the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you. And you're going to give birth to a son. And he's going to be the son of the most high God and his name's going to be Jesus, which means savior of the world. The angel said, and by the way, your aunt Elizabeth, remember the old lady that is your aunt? She's having a baby too. She's six months pregnant. The angel told Mary with God, don't worry, nothing is impossible. Remember that? We talked about this. So what happens? Mary runs off to Elizabeth. After Mary says these words in Luke 1 verse 38, I love what Mary says. Mary says, Behold, I am the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And then the angel departed from her. Mary was willing despite understanding. She didn't understand it all. We don't understand it all. But yet she was willing to accept the call of God and trust God with her life. What an incredible thought that needs to be present in our life. We don't understand it all, but we need to trust God. So Mary now runs off and as she meets Elizabeth, she begins to tell Elizabeth what had happened, how an angel came and how she was having a child and she knew Elizabeth. And what happened? As she began to testify, as she began to talk about what God had done in her life, something happened inside of Elizabeth. The Bible says that her babe, which was John the Baptist, leapt inside of her womb and the Holy Spirit came upon Elizabeth. If you didn't hear anything else from Sunday, I hope that you heard this, that God has placed something of life inside of you, that wherever you go, you need to be stirring something inside of everyone else. There needs to be a stirring in the hearts and lives of people. They may say, I don't know what it is about you, but I feel something. You've got something that I haven't got. You've got something that I need in my life. And after the Holy Spirit comes upon Elizabeth, she begins to bless Mary. She begins to bless her and she begins to speak over her, literally prophesying over Mary. And then Mary begins to speak these words, a prophetic word that Mary gives. And that's what I want us to talk briefly about tonight. Look what it says in Luke 1, verse 46 through 55. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. My soul declares the greatness of God. And my spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Notice what she said. I'm nothing special. I'm nothing out of the ordinary, but God saw something in me that I did not see. He took notice of something that nobody else saw. And what did she say? For behold, henceforth, all generations now will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. Notice it never ends. The mercy of God never stops. It's from beginning to end. And he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. 
He has put down the mighty from their thrones and he has exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. The New Living Translation says he has not forgotten his promise to be merciful. Aren't you glad about that? And verse 55, as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever, his promise was and his promise still is to be merciful to us, the seed of God forever and ever. I want to look just really quick at Mary's song tonight. And I want to see, I want you to see something today. This is not just Mary's song. This is the song of everyone who God has placed his favor and choice upon. This is a song of promise, I truly believe, for every one of us. Because what Mary prophesied, what Mary spoke, was a picture of everything that God desires to be upon each one of our lives. Did you hear that? What Mary spoke that day is a promise of God showing what God desires to be upon every one of our lives, those who are favoured and chosen. That's us, the children of God. This is what God promises to be. Come on, say with me, in my life. Come on, God promises to be this. What? In my life. Say this, in my life. Because I am favoured and chosen. Come on, say that with me. I'm favoured and chosen. This is God's promise in my life. Because I'm favoured and chosen. Look what it says. The first thing that we see in Mary's song is this. In verse 47, she says, And my spirit has rejoiced in God my Saviour. What do we see first? He wants to be the Saviour of your life. The first great promise that we have is Saviour. Another word for Saviour is Deliverer. My Deliverer. The one who doesn't want to leave me the same way. Come on, another meaning of deliverance is rescued. Come on, He wants to rescue us. He wants to set us free from the bondages. He's my Redeemer. What is a Redeemer? Someone who wants to come and buy back to redeem us, to take claim on our lives again. What Satan had taken claim on, Jesus upon the cross says, no more, I'm the redeemer, I'm buying back. Come on, he made it possible for every one of us to be redeemed. What does that mean? To be changed, to be transformed, to be set free in our lives. Why? Because he paid the penalty. That's how he could redeem us. He redeemed us because he paid the price. Come on, He became our Savior. He became our substitute. He took our place. Aren't you glad about that? The promise that I have is that He'll be my Savior. That He'll be the one who will save my life. Notice what the angel said to the shepherds. The angel said in Luke chapter 2 and verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David. Notice what they said. A Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Jesus could have been listed as anything. He could have been entitled as anything. They could have said, today is born King of Kings and Lord of Lords. They could have said, born today is the miraculous one. It could have been anything. But notice what his first proclamation was to this world. He was Savior. Come on, what do we need? We need a Savior. Come on, I don't need a miraculous one. I need a Savior. Come on, I don't need all these things. I need a Savior. I need someone to help me. I will need someone to hold me. I need someone to... Set me free in my life. You see, the people of that day loved it when they heard he was going to be a saviour. 
Because the Jews of that day thought he was going to free them from the rule of the Romans. They were looking for an earthly saviour. They were looking for him to gather an army. They were looking for him to drive out the Romans that they were in oppression to, that they were bound under. But that wasn't the type of saviour that he came to be. Jesus came to this earth not to establish an earthly kingdom, but to set in place a spiritual kingdom to come to deliver mankind from their sins. And his work on this earth was far more reaching than anyone could ever imagine. Come on, if he would have come and he would have fought a battle, guess what? There would have been another person to conquer. Come on, there would have always been another battle to fight. But when he came as Savior, come on, he is victorious over every struggle, every adversity, every trial. Come on, you should be shouting tonight. He's your Savior. If you're favored and chosen, he's your Savior. Christ paid the price for sin and he opened up the way that we have to have peace with God. Providing a way that nothing has to stand in opposition or nothing has to stand in between us and God. You know what separates us from God's sin? You know what a Savior does? Saves us from sin. What does God want to do? Remove that. And he was symbolic of that when he died upon the cross and the veil was rent. Why? Because the separation that was between man and God, God removed it. Why? Because he came as Savior. Come on, he is the Savior of our lives. And when he's a savior, it's not just a partial change. He offers each one of us a new heart that will live forever. Come on, he's your savior. He's your deliverer from everything that wants to ensnare you. The promise is you're my savior. Come on, when things come against us, throw your hands in the air and say, he's my savior. He's my deliverer. He's the help that I need. He's the help that's already on the way. Come on, he's the cavalry. Remember the old Western movies when it looked like it was all over? They would hear a bugle in the distance and all of a sudden the hope would ride in and they would come in and save the day. Come on, he's your savior. May not always be early, but he's never late. And he'll always be there right on time. What else did Mary say? Look what she said in verse 48. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. What else is God's promise for my life? Here it is, number two. Blessings for my life. God has promised to bless me. I may not be much to look at. I may not have everything in the world's eyes, but God says he's placed his blessing upon me. Come on. Henceforth, all generations will call us blessed. I believe the people at your workplace are going to have to open their mouth and say, you're blessed. There's something about you. Why? Because of the peace and the Savior that God wants to be in your life. You're going to be different. You've got to understand this about Mary. Mary wasn't make, making a prideful statement here when she said, you know what, because of this, everyone's going to worship me. Man has wrongly worshipped Mary. Come on, let me say that one more time. Man has wrongly worshipped Mary. She was just the means that God used. She wasn't any more special than anyone else. Don't get me wrong. She carried the child, but yet she was not deemed to be worshipped. She's not a deity. She's not a royalty that should be worshipped. And Mary was saying this here. She's just recognizing the fact that she's accepted the gift that God had given her, that she knew was going to produce life. And the life of God. You see, the gospel wants to produce blessing inside of every one of us. But we've got to watch for pride. 
We've got to watch when pride comes because pride will cause us to not accept God's gift. Pride tells us that we don't need to have God. We'll begin to take credit for all our lives. But we've got to be humble. We've got to have humility in our lives, accepting the fact that we need the help of God and and praising God for everything that He has given to us. The enemy wants to tell us today that we're nobodies. We're nothing special. That how can you ever make anything of your life? But I want to tell you, God has placed gifts and abilities inside of each one of us. And God is going to use those giftings and abilities to bring great blessing, not only to our lives, but I truly believe to the kingdom of God, that through a blessed life, we're going to see unlimited joys. We're going to see unlimited peace. Come on, we're going to see unlimited happiness and contentment. We're going to see unlimited hope. We're going to see blessings. Why? Because He is the Savior. Here's the promise. Savior, that I'll be blessing to your life, that God wants to bless your life. What else do we see in verse 49 as we read down through her story? She says, for he who is mighty has done great things for me. Are you ready? Point number three, God's going to be might for my fight. He's going to be might for my fight. Every struggle, every circumstance I find myself in, God's going to be my might. I I just got excited when I discovered truly today what might meant. And, And I read in Matthew 9, verse 26. Look what it says in Matthew 9, 26. It says, But Jesus looked to them and said, With men it is impossible, but with God. Say that with me, with God. But with God, all things are possible. Say with me, are possible. That's the same word that's used for might. That all things are possible. Come on, he wants to be mighty in my life. What does that mean? He's might for my fight. Every struggle, circumstance and situations I face. Come on, it's not impossible with God. It's possible. Come on, God can do it. God can turn around every circumstance and situation. Here's the thought. Are you ready? This is a good one. You need to write this down. He has the ability to act and the power to accomplish. That's what it means to be mighty. He has the ability to act, but he has the power to accomplish. That's what it means to be mighty. Come on, I'm going to say that one more time. He has the ability to act and he has the power to accomplish. In other words, no matter how bad things may appear to be, oh, pastor, you just don't know. Can I tell you something? He promises to be mighty. Oh, but pastor, you just don't know what I've got to tell you. He told you he wants to be a mighty God in your life. Come on, this is a promise for your life. God says, I will be mighty. That means no matter how bad things appear, he's mighty. It's possible. Come on, look at your neighbor. High five him and say, it's possible. Come on, it's possible. It's possible with God. It's possible with God. Better calm down or I'm going to start preaching tonight. Come on, he's mightier than every problem. He's mightier than sickness. He's mightier than cancer. He's mightier than financial bondages. He's mightier when your boss says you've got no job. He's mightier when your husband walks out and says, I don't love you anymore. Come on, he's mightier. He's mightier. He's mightier. If you are favored and the chosen of God, which we are, guess what? He is mighty for you. Possible. All things possible. Look what else do we see in verse 50 says this in verse 50, and his mercy is on all those who fear him from henceforward, from generation to generation. What is upon every one of us? The mercy 
of God. Here's the fourth point. He's merciful. He's merciful. You know what it means to be merciful? It means full of mercy. He's full of mercy for your life. What is mercy? Well, let me tell you what mercy is, okay? Here's the definition of mercy for you. Mercy is unfailing love, unfailing kindness, and unfailing tenderness. He is merciful to you. Sounds a lot like grace, doesn't it? Unmerited favor. He's gracious. He's merciful. What does that mean? Unwhat? Unfailing love that he wants to put towards you. Have you ever done anything wrong? Thank God for his mercy, his unfailing love that says, I can still love you. I still love you. I still want you. I still want, you're still favored and you're still chosen. Just accept that. Come back to me. I need the mercy of God in my life. It's not what I deserve in my life, but it's what God promises to give to me freely. And I need the mercy of God in my life. Verse 51, he has shown strength with his arm. He has shown strength with his arm. Here's the the fifth promise that we have. He'll be the strength for my life. He'll be the strength for my life. I love this verse in Exodus 6, verse 6. It says this, I am the Lord God. The children of Israel were questioning whether they would ever be free. What's going to happen? We're in bondage. We're in slavery. Doesn't look like we're ever going to get out. And God gives Moses a promise. And he says, you tell the children of Israel something. And I just believe that God wants to tell you something from this tonight. God says, I am the Lord God and I will bring you out from the burden of the Egyptians. Whatever that bondage, that burden may be, God says, I want to bring you out. And look how he says, I'm going to do it. I'm going to rescue you from their bondage and I will redeem you with what? An outstretched arm. God says, I'm just going to flex my muscles and all of a sudden there's going to be freedoms and breakthroughs in my life. Notice God didn't even have to get off his throne to set the children of Israel free from Egypt. Come on. God didn't even have to really do anything. All he had to do was just flex his muscles and all of a sudden, guess what? The great power of God went forth. God's power is able. One time God said to Moses, has my arm been shortened? Let me tell you something. God's arm is still as long as it needs to be to reach into every circumstance and situation of your life, to give you the strength, to give you the power that you need to make it through. I love that. God just flexes his muscles and worlds have to bow. That's how awesome our God is. Look what it says in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 10. Paul says this as he talks about, God, would you remove this this thorn in my side? And God says, my grace is sufficient for you. But look what it says in verse 10. It says, Paul comes to this conclusion of everything in his life. He says, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities. I take pleasure in reproaches, in struggles, in needs, in persecutions. I take pleasure in distress for Christ's sake. For what? For when I am weak. God, you promised to be strong. Come on. He wants to be strength for your life. What have we just read? When you're weak and you don't think you can take another step, God says, yes, you can. Let me help you. Let me give you that strength. He promises to be strength for your life, to bring you through, that you can come through victorious in your life. Isn't this an awesome promise tonight? Verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. And the rich, that means those who have not trusted in him, he has sent empty away. What has he promised? To fill the hungry with good things. Here's the sixth promise that we see, prosperity for your life. God wants to bless your life. Come on now. God wants to bless your life. When we talk about prosperity, most people see money. Let me tell you, the prosperity of God goes 
further than just financial things. Come on. You put a price on someone being healed of cancer. Come on. You put a price on the fact that you can sleep every night because he's now become your savior and he's mightier than every fear that you face. Come on. He's your strong tower. He's the one that you can run into. Come on. He promises to be prosperous in your life, that you would see prosperity, that your kids would prosper, that they would do good at school. Come on. That you would be promoted in your work, that you would find favor, that you would find blessing, that God promises those who are favored and chosen that he will place his prosperity upon you. Man, I want God to have that. God promises this in all your ways as we acknowledge him. He'll direct our path. What does he want to do? He wants to be prosperity and blessing in every area and aspect of our lives that will see the favor and the blessing of God. And last but not least, verse 54 It says this, and he has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy. He has helped. Here's the seventh promise, a very present help, that God is going to be there with you. Here's one of the most prayed scriptures I use. When I pray for people, when I minister to people, many times I quote this scripture over people, and I've probably prayed it over some of you in this house. I love it. Psalms 46 verse 1 says this, God is our refuge. God is our strength. Here's the part I really like, a very present help in trouble. One translation says a very present help in time of need. Come on, he's very present. When there's a need, he's there. He's very present. Why is he there to help? Come on, he's there to help. He's there to rescue us. He's there to be our savior. He's there to bring us through. And verse 2 of Psalms 46 says these words, Therefore, we will not fear. Come on, say that with me. I will not fear. Come on, say that with me. I will not fear. Why will I not fear? Because of what we just talked about. He's my refuge. He's my strength. He's my very present. Present means he's right there. Come on. He's right there. He's that gift that keeps on giving. Come on. He wants to be there with us, blessing our lives, coming to our rescue every time. He's always there. If we'll just look for God, he's always there and can be found. The reason we don't see God in every circumstance is because we don't look to God. Remember the story of the man who, who there was a flood and it was coming his way and, and they came to him and said, sir, you need to evacuate, you need to leave. And he says, no, I've prayed and God's going to deliver me, God's going to help me. They said, okay, but we're just telling you, you need to leave. The water began to rise, they sent a boat, they said, sir, you need to go, you're going to be swept away. He says, no, I've prayed about it, I've trusted God and he's going to come through for me. They said, sir, you need to leave. No, I'm not doing it. Finally, he's on his roof. The water's right up the top. A helicopter comes and says, Sir, you need to come. You need to escape. This is your last chance. No, no, I've prayed and God's going to deliver me. And he dies. Sad story. He's dead. He shows up to heaven and God says... What are you doing here? He said, what do you mean, what am I doing here? He said, God, I trusted you and you didn't come through for me. God said, what do you mean? I sent a a car, I sent a boat and I sent a helicopter. How much more did he need? (laughs) You see, God can use natural circumstances and situations too to bring about our help. We believe that God can heal people from sickness, but God also uses doctors. Why? Because he gave them the ability to do those things. He promises to be our very present help, meaning what? He's going to bring the problem. He's going to bring the situation to a good conclusion. He's going to be our very present 
help. And I love that. Mary's song. I've never seen it like this before. The promises of God for me. So can I, can I rephrase Mary's song to you? That I believe contains some of the greatest promises of our life. Here's what Mary says. She says, because we are favored and chosen of God, we have a Savior who wants to bless our life, making impossibilities possible, providing me unfailing love, a mighty arm of strength, prosperity, and giving me the constant help that I need in life. That's Emmanuel. That's God with us. That's the God that wants to be with you. Aren't you thankful tonight that God wants to be with you? Let's pray tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, God, that you are Emmanuel. We thank you, God, that you are Savior. We thank you, you're the one that wants to bless our life. God, we thank you that you're the one that wants to make impossibilities possible. God, we thank you for your mercy that provides unfailing love to each one of us. We thank you for your mighty arm of strength. God, that will bring us through victorious. Even in our weaknesses, God, you will be strength for our lives. God, we thank you for prosperity upon every aspect and every part of our lives. And we thank you that you promise to be our constant help. God, we thank you that you are truly Emmanuel. You are God with us. We thank you. We praise you. We love you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.